We have volunteers who say they came for the horses and they stayed for the people. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Paula Delgadiz. She's the executive director of Little Bit Therapeutic Riding Center, changing lives one stride at a time. Welcome, Paula Delgadiz. She is the executive director for Little Bit Therapeutic Writing Center. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. I am so excited to talk to you about this program. Let's start with having you tell us what it is. Little Bit Therapeutic Writing Center provides therapeutic horseback riding and activities for people with disabilities. And how long have you been around? We have been serving the community for over 46 years, and we use equine-assisted services to help children and adults with disabilities overcome barriers to living healthier, happier lives with the greatest independence possible. Where are you located? Off Avondale Road in Redmond. Tell us about equine therapy. So we have four major programs. One is our therapy program. It's a medical treatment where individuals with disabilities ride with our physical therapists, occupational therapists, or speech and language pathologists, and they use evidence-based practices, clinical reasoning, and the horse's movement to engage sensory, neuromotor, and cognitive systems to achieve functional outcomes for children and adults. And that can be just quite transformative for people with physical, emotional, and cognitive challenges. And then our second program, which is really popular, is more about learning horseback riding skills for people with disabilities. So it's our adaptive riding program, and that's conducted more in a kind of a classroom setting with several people on horses, the individual riders, with an instructor who is helping them also learn the skills to become better riders. And they can start at the very beginning uh, stages of, of learning to ride, and move all the way up into more advanced stages where they're doing more advanced riding, like trotting or cantering on the horse. Our third program is equine facilitated psychotherapy. And this is an unmounted program where mental health professionals in the community work with, they bring their clients or their patients to Little Bit to work with our equine specialists and our horses. And that's a really great program Horses are really intuitive. We call them large biofeedback machines because a lot of times the the mental health professional can learn, take cues from the horses about what their clients are are feeling inside when the clients are really good at, at masking those. Our fourth major program is our equine assisted learning. And that's more about working with an educator and our equine specialists and our horses. It's more of an educational model where it could be something like corporate wellness or other kinds of learning in an unmounted program that can happen here with our horses. So it sounds like two of the programs are unmounted, meaning the client or guest is not on horses. The two that are on horses, can you tell us like, what does that look like? We'll talk about therapy first. When a patient comes They'll often come into pediatric and an adult, for that matter, therapy rooms where they will, they'll come in and oftentimes they'll stretch and get ready to get on the, on the horse. Then they go out into the arenas. They mount from either a mounting ramp or from a mounting block 
or also we have a hoist mount for those people that are confined to a wheelchair. So we can take people and put them right on the back of the horse. Then the therapist usually is uh, is hands-on with that person. The patient will have like a belt around their waist and there's a little handle on the back that the therapist will hold on to. So the therapist is always right by their sides. Also, there will be a horse leader, someone who is responsible for making sure the horse is doing what the horse needs to do. And that'll be someone either leading the horse from at the head from the from a bitly, like a halter or a bridle, basically, or someone driving the horse from behind using long lines. So it depends on the horse. It really depends on the horse and the horse's needs for whether they're led or whether they're driven from behind. And then we'll also have a volunteer on the other side of the rider who's taking care making sure that the rider is safe in case anything should happen. And oftentimes that's a family member. And we've actually, during COVID, which was such a challenge for us and for everybody, those people who were actually able to have their family members trained to be sidewalkers were some of the first to come back in the program because it reduced the size of the bubble that they were involved in and reduced their exposure. And then we also have someone who's called a header and that person in the therapy pro in the therapy session will hold toys and items that they might use on the back of the horse and also open gates and that sort of thing. Then once the person is mounted on the, on the horse, it depends on the diagnosis it depends on the type of therapy that the individual is receiving, and it depends on what the goals for the, the therapist and for the individual are, what kind of activities that they follow. But we have some individuals who will ride around in the circles, in the arena. We have some individuals, oftentimes they'll go outside when the, when the weather's nice um, and ride outside on some of the paths that we have around the property. For occupational therapists, oftentimes they'll be throwing balls, they'll be reaching and grabbing, they'll often read on the back of a horse, depending on what they're trying to accomplish. The, the individual on the back of the horse would be made turn around and face sideways or face backwards. And then when that session is over, then oftentimes they'll come back into the therapy room and cool down and stretch out before they go home. And it's sort of similar to that in the adaptive program, but there's not any of that clinic time before or after. Individuals will come in and they mount from one of the three ways that we can mount. And then they get on their horse and they will do this basically the same thing. So they'll be working on their skills learning how to steer, learning how to stop the, the horse, make the horse go, move around the arenas, moving out on the trails. And then oftentimes, if they're more skilled, then, then they can do some of the like, trotting and cantering. And we have some individual riders who are unclipped, so the leader isn't holding on to the horse, and they can go through a lot of the activities in the arena on their own, basically, as an independent rider. So it just depends on the skill level of, of the rider. That's basically what those, those programs look like. And why, why this is so effective is that it's the, the movement of the horse. So during a session, a typical riding session, the horse will take up to 2,500 steps. And the person sitting on the horse feels the same movement that we do when we're walking on the ground. The movements of the pelvis is quite similar to when you're walking. So that helps them, for some riders and patients, it helps them learn what that feeling of walking is like, what their body feels like when they're walking or, or when they're, some people aren't able to walk. So when they are, um, it helps them get used to that feeling so they can walk better. It also helps build their core strength. It helps stretch really tight muscles. Oftentimes leg muscles get really tight and it helps stretch out those leg muscles. It helps individuals 
When you're up on a horse for those little kiddos who are typically down at ground level looking up at the world, they are in a position of power looking at a, in a different perspective in the world when they're at a higher level than everyone else. And it's something, it's something that they can do. Oftentimes, it's, it's all about what they're not able to do. But here, there's, there's never a word spoken about what you can't do. It's what you can do here. So that's really cool. We understand that really cool connection between people and animals. And that is really, that's really impressive in, in our programs and with our horses. That was going to be my next question. What is it about the horses? And we've seen some really cool things happen with our horses. A lot of times our riders are unbalanced. So we've seen horses that will center themselves underneath the rider to move them back into position. We have horses that will stop when they sense that something's going on with their rider that isn't quite right. We have horses that will turn around in the mounting ramp or block to make sure that their rider's okay. It's, they're really pretty incredible. Are all horses like that, or is there a special type of horse that fits into your program? That's a great question. There are a lot of horses that are like that. We pick our horses for a number of different characteristics. Usually, they're middle, sort of middle-aged in a horse life, so not too young. They've been through training. They're not too old, so they don't have a lot of physical issues going on. So they've got good ground manners because the horses need to be really strong and still when our riders are getting on their backs and they need to be well-disciplined in their ground manners. So that's really important. They need to like the work. Not all horses adapt to that work of going around in circles or doing other things in an arena. And a lot of times they want something more active or, or the, the work isn't well suited to the horse. We pick certain horses for those characteristics. And we happen to like Norwegian Fjord horses a lot. So Norwegian Fjord horses were bred for work. They are, are used to, to pull wagons and carts. And they are a little shorter in size and they're, they're stout so they can handle some of the larger riders. They're shorter in stature so our therapists don't have to be super tall. We can use them both in therapy and adaptive riding. We like the fact they're stoic. They don't feed off a lot of the different interesting things that can happen in, a, in situations with, with people with disabilities that that maybe don't have as much control over their voice or their movement. So they're very stoic in that way. And they seem to really do well in our program. So about almost a third of our herd right now are made up of Norwegian fjords. How many horses do you have? Today, we have 29 horses a little bit. Tell me what you mean by today. Well, we had a new horse that came in yesterday. So, you know, we are looking for horses that are suitable and we bring horses in for from uh, some people donate horses but one of the most common ways that we get our horses is through a care lease arrangement so we've had like individuals who go off to college and their horse was is home um and they're and the, the horse needs something to do so families will loan us the horse while the while the riders where the owner is away um and so that's a care lease arrangement and we like that arrangement quite well and then oftentimes when we have a specific need in mind we'll purchase horses so there's different ways that, that we bring horses into the program and then they come in for a six-week trial program up to six weeks 
And oftentimes if someone's selling a horse, they're not, that's not really popular with, with sellers because they want to move the horse along quickly. But we take our time to get to know the horse, make sure the horse is going to work in our program and will be happy and successful in our program. So it usually takes about six weeks. We'll bring the horse in, spends a few days getting used to the new surroundings and meeting the staff. Then everyone takes a chance to works on the horse and, and rides the horse and learns more about the movement of the horse because our therapists and instructors both will pick the movement of the horse for a certain rider based on what their outcomes they're looking for are. So that movement is really super important. After they've done all that assessment, they try the toys all around them to see how unflappable they are. And then the decisions are made about whether the horse will remain in the program or go back to its owner or whatever the situation might be. How many people work at Little Bit? Of 63 employees right now. Not all of them are full-time equivalents. We have approximately 21 or 22 full-time equivalent individuals on staff. And what are the positions? You've talked about therapists. What are other positions that your staff has? We have our admin staff. We have our office manager, office staff, reception. We have a great development team, the director and fundraiser, grant person. We have a volunteer coordinator, a director of the department. We have volunteer assistants and coordinators who work in our volunteer team. Because Don't let me forget to tell you more about our volunteers. We have some schoolers who are on our staff. We have a facilities team that keep our facilities ship shape. We have our accounting department, myself, our instructors who are certified by PATH International. So they have an advanced certification to be able to do the kind of work we do. It takes about a year to earn certification status so they can make sure that they can keep riders safe and that they're able to help them in their goals. We have step people who work on our staff in our barns. We need to have people who who clean our stalls and help us with our horses. We have other people who help get horses ready for our classes and and sessions. So there's a number of different individuals. We have horse handlers that I mentioned in our therapy program that steer the horse from the front or um, drive the horse from behind. So there's a number of different positions. Talk about the volunteers. As you can imagine, providing services using horses is expensive. It also is very labor intensive because we need a lot of people to make sure that we are keeping our riders and our patients safe. Now we depend on over 400 volunteers a week to help us. In pre-COVID times, we had over 600 people a week helping us. So we're always looking for volunteers. And volunteers don't have to have experience to come in. We do all the training for them. We are delighted to have volunteers come to work in our program areas, help take our horses in and out, help clean stalls. We have event volunteers who help us with some of our major events that we have. We have administration volunteers who help with the front desk and help us with other admin kind of tasks. We have facilities volunteers. Oftentimes people will help us mow a lot of the lawn and that stuff that we have here on property. We have volunteers in a number of different areas, but it's those program volunteers that are so critical to our success. What does somebody have to do to become a volunteer with you? Go to our website and fill out the application and someone will be in touch. It's littlebit.org. Someone will be in touch with you and get you signed up for the trainings that you need to, to go through to become a volunteer with us. During COVID, of course, we all know we all had to pivot. Fundraising, everything changed. As far as fundraising and getting funds, what do you need? Do you need people to donate? Oh, thanks for asking. So donations are always wonderful. We like cash donations, obviously. You know, everyone's expenses have gone up. 
I know my grocery bill has gone up. My gasoline bill has gone up. The horses eat a lot and their grocery bill has gone up. Our hay expenses, and anyone that has horses can tell you, our hay expenses have risen almost doubled in the past year. It's just outrageous. And so that's challenging for us. So we've had all of our expenses have gone up. So cash donations on our homepage at littlebit.org, there's a donate button. And we love to have that. We also take donations of TAC, use TAC. You can just bring those into our office. We often are able to resell those and we use those to support our programs. Those are kind of the, the major ways. Do you have any big event? I think last time I spoke with somebody there, it was a golf tournament. What do you have coming up next as far as fundraising? We had I had COVID, so I didn't get to golf in our golf tournament. I was so sad, but thank you for supporting that. One of the things I think the community will love is that we have a holiday drive-through on December 11th. We started this during COVID because after starting in March and going all the way till December, a lot of our riders and patients still weren't back in our service yet. We started a drive-through where people could drive through our property and we have different stations where they can say hi to the horses, say hi to our staff, greet their therapists, greet the instructors, learn more about the program, see Santa Claus. We had stuffed teddy bears last year and take pictures with the horses. It's really fun event. And this year will be the first time we've really opened that up to the public. It's open in a limited way. Registration will open in November. So keep an eye out on our website and on our Facebook page for when the registration opens for that event. The other thing I wanted to talk about is just driving in today, even in my car with recycled air, I could barely breathe. How is that for the horses? The smoke has really been a challenge, not only for the horses, but also for the humans. When the uh, air quality index gets over to be over 100, then we stop all of our outdoor activities. We offer clinic only to our therapy patients, but we've been closed basically for the better part of three weeks. And it has a huge impact, not only just our financial resources by we're losing that revenue by not being able to provide the services that we do, but also it's it's really impacting those individuals who suffer some of our riders and patients. This is their only activity. And so it's really having an impact on them because um, they haven't been able to come in and, and get to ride. So the horses do okay, but when the air's like this, we don't do any heavy work with them. If they're trotting and cantering, they're going to take those particulates deeper into their lungs and it will take longer for them to get rid of them. We keep to walk only when we are able to go outside. Monday was a perfect day. We had wet onshore winds. We actually were able to ride and had patients all day long and we've been closed the last two days. We're closed today. It's just terrible out there. So we're, we're all praying for rain. We never thought we'd say that, but we're praying for rain. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> We've had the best summer ever and everybody wants it to end because of the smoke. <laughs> I know you have the four programs. Is there anything else that you have? Summer camps. And it's uh, really hard to think about summer camps when we're praying for rain here in October. But our summer camps are inclusive. They're both for able-bodied individuals and for those with disabilities starting at age five, and then we have a, a young person's camp, and then we have a week of camp for young adults. We run camps through July and August, and four days a week, and those who come to camp 
can have an, an hour ride a day of the four hours that they're here. And then they do some really fun activities. They will put poster paint all over horses and then they give them baths and they learn to groom and they do crafts. They have some really fun activities for our campers. It's a really popular summer activity and we typically start our registrations in February and and they sell out very quickly. So if anyone's interested in those camps, they should take a look early in February. And are those day camps or overnight? They're day camps. Yep, half day. I could tell you a little more about the resources that we have available on our website. I was even surprised that when you go to littlebit.org and under one of the tabs about us and there's resources, we have so many great things. First of all, you can meet all of our horses and there's photos of all of our horses on there. And of course, all of our staff team, not as exciting as the horses, but we have virtual lessons that are videos We have virtual tours and and experiences from not just a little bit, but in other really cool kind of virtual experiences. Some of these we developed to to help keep our riders engaged during COVID when they weren't able to come in. So we put together all these really great resources for them. There are crafts and activities. There's information about health and wellness, education help. There's even information about financial assistance and food service in the area. The website is a really great wealth of, of information. I also wanted to point out that for those who come in, people always ask if we have a, a wait list. We have a reputation for having a wait list. We, if we didn't have a wait list, we'd be out of business because then there would be no demand for our services. So we do have a wait list. If someone is flexible in their scheduling, we can get people in fairly, fairly quickly. Don't let any kind of list deter you because that often is, it might be somebody that's waiting for a certain spot, like on a Saturday. And that's a really, a lot of those spots don't change over very often. But we also have, for those who are not able to afford our services, we, we provide tuition aid that's also available for those who need it. And the nice thing about our services, as I mentioned earlier, they can be expensive because we have horses, but due to the generosity of the community, our riders and patients pay less than 40% of what it costs us to provide that ride. And then on top of that, there's tuition assistance available. What brought you to this work? So I'm a nonprofit manager by, by trade and experience. I live on the east side. I was working in Seattle for a number of years, and I was looking for something a little closer to home. I grew up with horses and rode well into my 20s, and so I've always loved horses. A little bit has such a great reputation for doing such wonderful work. And it just fills your heart every day to see your mission in action. Some of the other nonprofits with which I've worked over the years, it's really hard to see the impact from what you're doing. But here every day, I have a window in my office and I can look out into the arena and I can just see the biggest smiles ever. And it just fills my heart with joy to be here. What is your favorite thing about your personally, your favorite thing about this organization? Well, I love horses and that that's one thing, but I've just met the people, this is really my experience with, with people with disabilities, to be honest, and watching their courage, their strength, their indomitable spirit, the love from their families, and the fact that we can do something that is really impactful in their lives is the most amazing thing. Do you have any stories that you can share? If anyone wants to hear more about our stories, we have a lot of YouTube videos that are available. One of my favorites, and it was this young man, his name is Jacob, and he's appeared in one of our auction videos. Jacob 
was two when he started in therapy a little bit. And that's the age when individuals can start in therapy is the age of two. And I'm not so sure I'd put my two-year-old on a horse, but this mom had put him on the wait list when he was one, waiting for him to be able to, to come here. Jacob has cerebral palsy. Oftentimes the diagnosis will come with something that says, maybe this child will never walk. At first, when he started riding his, the horse, he hadn't really been separated from his mom much. His mom was in the arena, but she decided she didn't want to be right next to him. So she wanted him to gain some independence through the process. So, so she was there, he could see her, but, and he cried the first time that he came to ride with us. And, but pretty soon he developed a trust with his therapist, with his horse, with his volunteers who were really awesome and loved him. And we try to keep those groups together as much as we can because we know there's a tight bond that can form soon he was turning around on the horse he's riding backwards he's trotting he liked to call trotting bumpy bumpy which was just awesome this kid never stopped smiling he is just the most happy smiling kiddo ever he loves the firemen so we actually had the redmond fire department came out actually brought their their truck out to to um to meet with him and to let him get some pictures and Jacob is just a really special young man who walks with with assistance but he's 7 years old now he's in school he's doing well his mom says his sisters actually had a lemonade stand to raise money to support a little bit that was one of my favorite stories of all the hundreds we see several hundred individuals every week so there are many stories like that. Again, tell us your webpage. It's www.littlebit.org. You can donate. You can volunteer. Do you do tours just for people that are curious? Sure. We have corporate work groups that come and do volunteer days of service. We have community service groups that come and do days of service. We have rotary groups, Kiwanis. We're happy to, to put together anything like that, that that you're interested in, but I'm happy to give an individual tour as well. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.